0: Hello and welcome to the next community podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Angelo Luciani, along with Laura Whalen.
1: Hey guys, happy to be here.
0: Dwayne Lesner. Hey guys, thanks, and, thanks for having me. And guest host John Troyer.
2: Hey now. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, Angelo.
0: <laughs> hey guys. Uh, Laura, can you share with the community what we have planned for this podcast? Sure. So, this is a weekly community podcast where we'll bring you insight and info. Related to web scale technologies like Nutanix, this is the place for open informal discussions about cool tech topics with folks like you from the community. So come on, join the conversation by jumping in on social using hashtag NextPodcast and reach out to us at community@nutanix.com at when you're ready to be a future community guest. Thanks, Laura. So that's something we're we're excited about. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Stu Miniman. Stu, hi. I'm
3: honored to be your first guest, guys. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us today, Stu. We're really excited to have you. So how this uh, podcast is going to play out, what we're typically going to do is go into a few news items uh, for the week, the month, and then go right into an interview with uh, a special guest. So today's news items, we thought we'd quickly chat about AWS, reInvent Conference, that I, I believe is just finished. And I know Stu had the opportunity to be there. In fact, Stu's had a busy couple of weeks, I think. He's been at Dell World, uh, AWS. It's great if we can get some insights, Stu, from you on uh, what you thought came out of uh, AWS and anything that was really uh, in- interesting for the community.
3: Sure. Happy. Happy to talk about it. And yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy that the fall conference schedule is coming to a close soon. Uh, I actually saw Dwayne uh, last week at uh, in Austin at Dell World and uh, just got back from 13,500 of my uh, closest Clouderati friends uh, in Vegas. Um, it was it was an amazing show. People often ask, uh, what does scale mean? And when, you know, we got to listen to James Hamilton, uh, really one of the luminaries in the industry and chief architect of Amazon, uh, who we interviewed on the Cube. Talk about what scale really means, and they're talking about you know data centers with you know over fifty thousand servers, and then you know multiple of those data centers built into an availability zone. And all of the analysts were sitting there with our like calculators, listening to him, and we're like, he's got like ten percent of the servers in the world <laughs> under his domain. I mean, we are we talking true web scale. I mean, this is a bar that everyone else in the industry is looking at. The big enterprise guys are jealous of it, and uh, you know it's, it's really having a huge impact on the way everything is done uh, in in IT
0: now I, I think this is your second time at AWS is that right yep
3: yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's the third uh, the third year of the show, and second year I've been able to attend, second year we did the Cube. Big takeaway for me is last year, it was this awesome developer show with a bunch of hoodies and mobile and all these kind of next-generation apps, mm-hmm. uh, and they were starting to talk about the enterprise, but this year, I mean, it felt like an enterprise show. It reminds me of VMworld a few years back. The show floor was immense, huge partner ecosystem, uh, You know, much more glitzy booths, and uh, the discussion of kind of hybrid IT leaked in there so uh you know amazon uh we've called them not only are they the gorilla uh in the marketplace of cloud but they're also a cheetah they move fast they keep adding features and boy as i say they are scary good
0: Hmm. that's great attendance wise any numbers on how big um it was this year
3: yeah, they sold out. Thirteen thousand five hundred is the number they gave, and uh, I, I can tell you, I've been at many conferences at the the Venetian Sands Convention Center, uh, and this one was bigger than you know, kind of the HP, IBM, EMC ones that I've been to this year uh, at the same facility. Wow, that's that's impressive.
1: What are your thoughts from the show about being Amazon wanting hybrid cloud, or they just kind of know they need to say it? Because it you, you look at the, the feed, which I basically gave up on because the, the Amazon feed was so busy. There's like a slew of impressive things coming out, but I, I don't get the feeling that they want to share. Well,
3: yeah, it's an interesting. We, we, we have some debates uh, on the Twitters about what does hybrid mean. And to Amazon, hybrid is kind of the midway point as uh, that there's sucking sound that's going to pull you to the public environment. So Amazon's not looking to... Own anything on premises, uh, but they're going to help you move more and more workloads there. But you know that they they were much more kind of moderated in their message, they said, you know, we're not going to own all the workloads immediately. There's lots of things that are going to live in many states. And, you know, partners are going to own parts of the ecosystem. Uh, you know, there's things that you might keep in-house for certain reasons. Uh, you know, if you talk about kind of the hybrid environment or what's public cloud versus private cloud, the CIA deal is one that got a lot of discussion points on. I actually got to listen to the CIO of the CIA. And uh, it was amazing to listen to him. Of course, we are not allowed to say anything about what he said but after talking to lots of the Amazon executives it's you know well isn't that a private cloud because you're taking kind of an Amazon solution but you're putting it in the CIA's data center and they say no 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 it's, it's a public cloud it's still all, all Amazon so in some ways we're you know back to fighting over definitional uh, pieces but uh, it, it's definitely uh, you know move forward it's, it's amazing to watch them move so fast.
0: That's great. Good insights. Thanks, Stu. And if if folks would like to get some more information on on the AWS uh, conference, you can always check out the Cube's uh, YouTube channel. They had great coverage at uh, Dell World and at AWS. So that was uh, really, really good. So thanks, Stu, for that.
3: Yeah, great. And actually, the easy URL for everybody to find stuff, if they go to siliconangle.tv is where we post them all up. And Silicon Angle also has a YouTube channel uh, if you want to check those. Thanks.
0: Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thanks for that. And our last news item is uh, Dell World finished up. Uh, I believe that was last week. And uh, Nutanix had some um, announcements around that as well with partnering with Dell and delivering the XC series of Hyperconverged. I know Dwayne was there at... Dell World, uh, you you wish to share a little bit of um, what your takeaway was at from Dell World, Dwayne?
1: I've never been to a Dell World. I think as a as a customer back in the day, I wanted to go, and it was just the the storage forum. But anyway, the show is it seemed pretty busy. I was at the the booth for a bit. We had uh, hands on labs going on upstairs. There was uh, we had some gear parked in inside of the the data center area with a uh, with a couple of booths. But I think in in general. Just uh, you know, working on the Nutanix side anyway, there's a variety of people that knew about Nutanix before. We definitely got some good shout-outs uh, from uh, Michael Dell himself, uh, which obviously piqued interest. Um, but then there was the, you know, still the other range that maybe they haven't heard of us before, uh, and then kind of going through that route. But software definitely kind of in some of the, the headlines there, so that was uh, good to see.
0: Good good so with that I'll um, hand it over to uh, John and Dwayne to um, interview Stu about Dell world and server San and the XC series of uh, appliance and um, hope to get some insights from uh, Stu on that so Dwayne
1: yeah so Stu you're basically you know the ground level on a, a lot of things on the at least on the trade show floor you're talking to people low and high in organizations so it's good to to get your feedback on these things and i think you probably were the the person responsible for for coining the term uh, server san what are uh what are your thoughts coming out of um dell world anyway with you know the xc series for nutanix versus the the rest of the large portfolio that the dell has to that has today or is offering
3: yeah, great point, Wayne, and happy to go into this. So, uh, server sand's the term that uh, Wikibon came up with uh, earlier this year in 2014. Uh, David Floyer, my CTO, did the uh, market forecast. I wrote the original definition, so probably the first place that people read about the term was from me. Uh, and it really was, you know, looking at the, the trends and where we think uh, the the whole uh, kind of you know IT stack is going. Uh, every we, we've seen uh, with the advent of flash and the increase and what's been going on in server, that storage is pulling closer to the compute. Uh, and uh, some people have called this the hyperconverged trend. Uh, we think that it is much more than just a convergence discussion of pulling these things together, the, these different pieces of the stack together. It's really a re-architecting of IT. Uh, scalability is quite important, and the simplicity of the options is quite important. Uh, from a Dell and Nutanix deal, uh, one, one of the things that we found quite interesting is that it was the, uh, the storage team on on the Dell side uh, that uh, initiated this deal was the, the primary driver behind what was going on. Uh, of course, Dell has you know, a very strong position in the server marketplace, uh, so it would be expected that they would want to get you know, Dell gear in a bunch of environments, but uh, it, it's really a testament to Dell understanding and believing in kind of the server-sand hyper-converged uh, roadmap that they're working with the OEM with Nutanix, and they have a, a couple other solutions that they've got in their portfolio. Um, but Nutanix is definitely, uh, you know, a, a key piece of where they're pushing in this space. Got a lot of attention to the show. Uh, we did a number of interviews uh, from uh, the, the, the Dell people uh, and uh, you know your uh, Nutanix uh, uh, team uh, as part of that show. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. It's definitely some real good buzz and attention.
1: I think uh, just more more presence is is always good for, uh, in that market space, and it's growing quick too. I think. There's definitely, I've heard, depending on who you talk to, they'll, you know, talk as server SAN as kind of a niche for, for smaller markets. But from my perspective, what do we see on our side? It's definitely, it's across the board. I don't kind of goes to the scale comment. It doesn't, scale doesn't mean necessarily size. I think it's more, more agility and, and how you can use that to your advantage.
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback from when we put out our definition and where things are going, and uh, the the term disruptive gets used, you know, a little bit too often, but uh, it's okay if this is, you know, a smaller environment or maybe a little niche at the beginning, because those are the ones that tend to, you know, latch on and grow. Uh, as we look out into the future, uh, we see a lessening role of storage as a silo of itself, and the external storage array you know, eventually, you know, is mostly replaced by newer architectures uh, that really build, uh, you know, compute and storage and memory and all the software and management in a distributed architecture. Uh, I, I know the first time I met uh, Nutanix's CEO, uh, Dheeraj Pandey, I thought I would be talking about, uh, you know, yet another convert solution, you know, the V-Box and FlexPods of the world, and we spent, you know, an hour talking about distributed architectures and how the, the future needs to be rewritten, in that was something that was quite compelling uh, to myself and the audience that, that we listen to and you, you go to a show like Amazon you go to I was at Dockercon earlier this year. Um, most of the next generation architectures you know distributed is a given. so Nutanix plays into that that theme quite well.
2: Hey, Stu, I think you bring up something quite interesting that this isn't just a conversation around storage. Whereas I thought it was interesting that you said, well, the storage team at Dell initiated some of the conversation here because they needed a component in their storage portfolio. But one of the interesting things that I gather is that the conversation, the sales conversation and the requirements conversation that happens with folks like Nutanix is not necessarily with the server admin. Are, Are you seeing that as well, Stu, that that this is a higher-level re-architecting discussion or at least a virtualization or, or a, a more umbrella discussion rather than just talking to a server admin who needs to do a... Uh, sorry, a storage admin who needs to do a refresh?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. There's you know multiple paths as to how you can start down uh, these solutions. Uh, Nutanix did a lot of VDI deployments in the early days and still does a lot of VDI. Uh, and that was usually a really good project to start with because the the move from... You know, legacy desktop to virtual desktop requires a lot of changes to who owns it, who manages it, where do the components go, and therefore a new way of doing things. You know, I can put this in there and then say, "Oh, this works great." Maybe I can put other workloads uh, and work on top of it. And, and actually, we we did at Wikibon some research looking at uh, the, you know the Nutanix uh, solution with Dell uh, on the uh, the XC and. Dell has taken not only the Tanix software and the Dell hardware but they've go, gone completely up the stack they include the hypervisor, they include the BDI broker, uh, they give you a single source, single throat to choke uh, and a single handshake for the whole deal and you know, we really believe uh, that the further up the stack you go, uh, it's not linear, it's exponential how much value that adds uh, You know, some would uh, say that Oracle locks you in too much uh, but you know, look, if you're running an Oracle application and only an Oracle application and you want that Oracle stack, you know that's pretty reliable. Of course, most people don't have just Oracle, so there's lots of other solutions that, that fit into that. And for a VDI solution, you know, Dell Nutanix, we thought that it was quite compelling. Uh, we, we've got some good statistics as to, uh, you know, not only the, the savings of the architecture and the amount of time, but even if you compared it to a white box solution, which gets lots of buzz and says, oh, why don't we get rid of all these labeled things and go to a white box, we, it's still – Uh, more economical to go go to this this new bundle that they've done together. So, yeah, it's not, I guess, back to your original question, John, it's not really a storage-driven, it's a, you know, where do I want my IT to go, what's the value of what IT is doing, and, uh, you know, I need to get out of that siloed thinking.
1: Hmm. Uh, You know, VDI is a kind of a pithole for Nutanix, definitely true early on, but I think a lot of that was kind of the the Trojan horse mentality, um, you definitely need a new gear uh, for VDI. So that was kind of one way in. But I think the the research Wikibon did, I think it was like $22 a desktop per month was what they'd kind of figured out with the, the details. But I think, that you know, at the end of the day, it's a VM. So, you know, depending on your specs, they kind of can move the needle and, and find your predictable cost point. If, uh, yeah,
3: it, it, right. $21 per month over a three-year period that actually makes it, uh, you know, comparable to what you would find with cloud services. Everybody has been talking that, you know, cloud is the race to zero and it, it is the cheapest way to get in, in into an environment and keep it in an environment. Uh, and, and, of course, we know if you're looking at you know, spinning something up for, you know, a couple of days, you know, cloud's probably going to be a lot faster and cheaper, but uh, something like a, a desktop infrastructure is something that you know what you're going to have for the next few years. Uh, so it, it's, it's a little bit more of a math uh, to figure out kind of the, the rent versus uh, versus buy decision. So uh, th- this has some compelling economics to, to look at owning it yourself rather than just, uh, for example, going to something like uh, Amazon
1: Workspaces. Yeah, if you, if you follow the Amazon uh, thread, you'd kind of just think underpending doom for most enterprise IT shops just because of the, the sheer wealth of services that they're providing and, and performance now, too, with some of their, their larger instances. But I don't think it gets away from, you know, some workloads need to, to live inside, a, inside of the enterprise. Um,
2: Dwayne, I'm also seeing refuge stories about refugees, right, people who went full-on public cloud and now are coming back because uh, often it's nice that they've transformed how their IT works, right? They've become a little more agile but the the monthly costs are eating them alive. So they're moving back. They're trying to apply the lessons they've learned back to a hybrid model or a private model. So again, those are kind of the, I don't know what you're seeing, Stu. Those are kind of the bigger folks that have run up huge bills and and now are pulling back. Uh, I don't know where we are in the cycle, but I I definitely think the pendulum is not all one way or all the other.
3: Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's a multi-cloud world. It's a hybrid world. One of the, I thought, really good messaging points that Amazon had is that if you Put something in your own environment. The day you put it in there, it's almost like an iceberg. It's going to be unchanged. You're not going to get new features. Uh, and uh, you know, if you wanted to add new things on top of it, it will be difficult. If you want to add new, uh, if you want to need to migrate it, uh, migrate things, it's very difficult. And I would say that's true for traditional old IT. When we look at what a serverless architecture is, though, um, we should be able to get rid of migration costs. If an architecture is modular and distributed, I should be able to add new nodes rather seamlessly. I should be able to insert new feature and functionality without having to, you know, pull things offline or do disruptions. So it really is uh, what we call that hyperscale type of functionality being brought down into the enterprise and something we know that Nutanix, uh, you know, with with their web scale architecture, is, is striving to be.
1: Amen. <laughs> definitely, that was where I was going to take it after that. I know Nutanix, we have uh, Cloud Connect as far as doing backups into to Amazon. But, yeah, to John's point, getting stuff out kind of makes it tricky because they're, you know, different hypervisors. They, there's different architecture as far as those VMs that are running inside of it. Yeah, so I don't know. The, the migration is the, the other pendulum, and that's what kind of killed traditional storage. So it's a good point.
2: I mean, you guys have built this stuff up from the ground up with web scale technologies and that's for another day to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's what part of the reason is the thing is scalable. The thing is healable. The thing is migratable. You know, there's a lot of stuff under the hood as we've kind of hinted at here on this podcast,
1: all of the Ubbels. Stu with, um, kind of on that note and, hyperconvergence or server sign, whatever you want to name it. Do you think the do-it-yourselfers are coming a bit extinct? I saw a couple of tweets where people were commenting that, you know, if your job title has sysadmin you're probably not uh, going to be around that long. And it kind of ties into, you know, what is the traditional storage admin going to, to do with himself or herself? Uh-huh.
3: Wow, they, that that that's the that's the big question. Uh, at the Amazon show this week, uh, not only it was their discussion that if you have any administrator in your title, um, might you be in trouble in the next three to five years? But what about the CIO? Does the the CIO really become a chief digital officer? Or are they a broker of services? Um, there there are definitely some huge shifts coming on, and uh, you know it's in everybody's best interest to uh, keep learning about new technology, keep an open mindset. Uh, I, I had a A tweet, I think it was, uh, I forget which show it was at, but said, if you're a technologist, you should be embracing change in that definition.
2: Hey, Stu, I wanted to bring up one thing before we break off. The name, ServerSan. We've had this conversation before. It's a terrible, terrible name. Like a San...
3: (laughs) A brilliant person told me that it was brilliantly awful. (laughs)
2: Uh, That may have been me. But, you know, a San is not... I mean, a SAN isn't even a SAN. A SAN is a storage. Uh, what what stands? I'm blanking on what SAN even stands for. But storage the SAN is the
3: network, yes. right?
2: That's the network. That's not even the array. So first of all, a SAN is not a SAN. A SAN is you know it's really an array. And then server SAN, it just it's just a terrible name, Stu. Uh, but how has <laughs> how has the reception been on the name? Because uh, like I said, I I think once you hear it, it's kind of intuitive and in, in in its wrongness.
3: Um. Yeah, so I mean, you and I had gotten into this discussion uh, pretty deeply, and I did a write up on the uh, the virtualization podcast. People get over the name. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say people love it. And, uh, you know, all the other analyst firms have come up with, you know, different terms. Uh, Hyperconverge seems to be a little bit sticky. Some of the big analyst firms are using it. And at VMworld, uh, I think there were at least five booths uh, that that had that term. So, look, we're not dogmatic at Wikibon as to what it is. Server SAN is something that we give as a vision as opposed to, I look at hyperconverged. sounds like a product to me. It's, it really is kind of a packaging decision. And, and we want to have an umbrella term and a vision as to where we think the industry is going. Uh, And this is, uh, you know, as as I've discussed uh, on a number of forums before, um, you know, I was involved in SANS when they were just called network storage and we turned them into block and file versions of them. Uh, So, uh, you know, this looks to me as to what we originally wanted is, you know, ways to make, you know, storage scalable, make it, uh, you know, accessible, uh, and have storage services uh, that can be delivered. And it's just, uh, you know, in a very different format uh, than what we had before uh, with kind of the traditional, people say, fiber channel. Think fiber channel when they do SANs, of course, you know, I worked on fiber channel, I worked on iSCSI, I did plenty of stuff with NAS, uh, you know, I mean, InfiniBand can be considered, you know, some kind of storage network in certain configurations, Uh, So, um, you know, some people think of SAN as, uh, you know, what they fought about in 2002. Um, I kind of give the long view on it, and it's something that the enterprise is... Uh, comfortable with. So, you know, those storage people, I want to give them a bridge to the future and say, hey, you know, let's come right over to the new SAN as opposed to, you know, uh, some people had a bumper sticker that said, let's kill the SAN, right? So, uh, you know, we can can all take a couple of paths to get to the same place, which is uh, this, uh, you know, scalable distributed architecture uh, that I think we're all in agreement as to where it's going.
0: That's great, Stu. Thanks so much. Uh, That's great information, great insight. Um, If folks want to learn more about you, Stu, any links or uh, uh, URLs or anything you'd like to direct people to?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, so first of all, uh, you know the, the the research and articles that that I write all end up on wikibond.org. Uh, Wiki means fast, and bond means good. Uh, so uh, we're community. We always love the feedback. Uh, you know, most of the information is free uh, without registration for people to go to. Um, real easy to find on Twitter. I'm just at stu s t u. Uh, I'm I'm real active in the cloud community, the virtualization community. Like talking about hyperscale and everything else. So always appreciate people. Uh, you know, look me up at a show if uh, if there check out the cube at siliconangle.tv and uh, you know appreciate uh, any feedback
0: thanks so much for being on our first podcast we really appreciate it Stu and for folks uh, if you're interested in learning more about the Dell XC series uh, we have a a landing page on uh, Nutanix.com you'll see a link on the main page to um, uh, a joint page between us and Dell So thank you, Stu. Thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow Nutanix on Twitter for latest news and announcements. And we look forward to chatting with everyone again next week. Thank you, everyone.
1: Yeah, thanks, everyone. Much appreciated. Thanks. It was a blast.
2: All right. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for joining. We'll talk to you next week.